Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I'm officially back to my standing desk. (laughs) I've done a little office musical chairs, musical office over here again, which is something I do at least once a year. At least, yeah. I feel like I was in my last setup for a good amount of time though, but we're moving some rooms around in our house. And so because I was having to move my office anyways, I decided to get back to my standing desk. And so I have a couple of like standing desk accessories that I've gotten to make my experience better because I've been having a hard time like sitting for too long. I think I have some like scar tissue buildup from my surgery from like a little over a year ago. And so it was like physically hurting to sit like at a 90 degree angle. And so I had Brian bring up the standing desk again, but I've gotten it's the other part isn't here yet. So I don't have it to show you, but I've gotten a really cool keyboard tray that like pulls out so I can like actually have my hands at the right height and it can like tilt. So if I'm sitting or standing, I can like adjust it depending on where my body is. So I'm excited about that. But what came this weekend that I'm using today is this like standing standing mat. mat. Yeah. But it has like ridges and grooves and balls. So it's like an anti-fatigue, but also like I think helps with my attention because I can like roll my feet on something or like stand at like a little bit of an incline or stand flat so I can like shuffle my feet around and it's really cushy. Interesting. Feels good. Yeah. I saw it was headed your way. So I was curious to see how that would. Yeah. But the thing I'm excited about, but I'm nervous about because I have to make it, I detest cords. Like I hate cords. I hate them so much. I wish everything was wireless. I would rather just have one big like Bluetooth beam in my house and not have to plug anything in ever. I cannot wait for that future when I hope I live when we don't have to use cords for anything. And so because my standing desk is like facing out, my wall is behind me because I have this cute wallpaper and I wanted to have it. You can see some of the cords behind my desk. So I looked up a tutorial on how to make like a desk skirt basically 
And so I got some fabric and I need to like gather it, like cinch it up at the top all along the edge. So I've started that project last night. So we'll see. But I'm just going to like command strip the fabric all around the edge of the desk. So it's like the sides and the back, but the front is still open. So like I have the, you know, controls for the standing desk and stuff, but I'm excited. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how that looks. Mm -hmm. I haven't changed my setup much since I moved in. I do think my desk is due for a good oiling and I, um, because I made my desk myself, I see the flaws and areas for improvement all the time, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. bugs me. Mm-hmm. It has a, I don't know what you call it, veneer on the front, I guess, mm-hmm. and I cracked it. Oh, no. Just on the bottom, and so this little chunk fell off, so I need to get my, I don't know what you call it, probably a edge blade, probably is what you would call it. I need to get that and trim the bottom to see if I can oh, yeah. it uniform so it doesn't yeah. have a sharp edge, but... I don't know. Every time you move offices, it makes me want to like do something on my end. But I just am way more committed in terms of like which spaces to use. I could definitely do something in the front, but I Mm -hmm. would have such a hard time recording in there unless I added more furniture and a rug. It's pretty open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very echoey still. So, and I don't know. With old dogs, it doesn't make sense to have a rug in there. I think the next step in here is I want to paint the wall. We haven't painted in here since we've moved in. And it's kind of like a gray color right now, but I want to pick something that coordinates with my wallpaper and paint the other three walls. So we'll do that and just continue to work on the layout. (laughs) Yeah. You always have interesting perspectives based on the current things that are piquing your interest and mm-hmm. all of that. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how it shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to go ahead and dive in to today's episode. Yeah. It's been funny because I think we talk so often about financial literacy and even creating sustainable businesses online that we've had a handful of clients who've been working with us in other regards, who've reached out and started asking us questions about bookkeeping. And we always have a lot to say, but based on all of the questions that come in, there's some things I want to share with you guys in terms of how to make sure you have a bookkeeper that's really best suited for you, both if you're interviewing someone for the very first time and trying to find the right fit for working with you. And then two, if you have an existing bookkeeper, how you can get more out of that relationship to really ensure they're aiding and you continuing to grow and continuing to see new opportunities. So yeah, uh, I think knowing these questions can help you. I know there's so many of us who really lean into trusting the experts in this industry, which is great, right? You're like, I don't know how to do my books when I'm ready to hire. I'm going to trust them to do it. And chances are like 
they're doing your books appropriately. But I think over the last couple of years, there's been a next level of service that's been expected and desired from clients of bookkeepers of going a little above and beyond just reconciling books and really helping someone understand their books and learn from the decisions that are happening and the actions that are happening within their business. And that is the biggest like gap that we see happening for most business owners. You can have someone who's doing your books, but when asked to go find your profit and loss statement or answer a question about an expense or a percentage of revenue that a certain offer is bringing in or whatever, you don't have anywhere to find that information. And so if you are interviewing someone, we want to equip you with things to ask that person, because I want you to go from the, I just need an expert to do this service for me. And I need the right expert that's going to work perfectly for me and my needs and go above just the standard reconciliation. Yeah. Because you can definitely get a basic, very service level option that will suffice for filing taxes, but it's not going to aid in you having the answers or information that would help you grow your business. It's just going to be done. And I don't want it to just be done. I want it to be helpful. I want it to be something that aids in the future growth. I want you to have it be a tool that you can use to review historical information and make predictions on the future. And if it's not set up appropriately from the beginning, it can make that harder. So diving into this, the first set of questions I developed for someone who had never hired a bookkeeper before, and they had been doing books on their own and kind of just making it work for a long time. And so these are questions I would ask like for anyone, if you're interviewing a bookkeeper, regardless of your personal stage of business, whether this is your first bookkeeper or your second or third bookkeeper, if you're going through the interview process, it's easy to think, oh, well, I'm just hiring someone for a service. So I'm just going to like pick someone that looks right and, you know, sign up kind of thing. But I want you to be taking this a lot more seriously and interviewing someone as if they're going to be a full-time team member, even if that's not the relationship you're ultimately going to have. Very few people need a full-time bookkeeper on their team, and that's totally okay. But you should be interviewing someone to fully understand their capabilities to make sure they're a good fit for your team. Okay. So the first question that I want to start us out with is asking the person that you're interviewing, the bookkeeper that you hope to work with, literally just have them explain more about the scope of their services. So this is where you're going to get that information of if they're just flat out doing reconciling and that's it, and they're uploading that P&L or even just doing it within your own QuickBooks that you're logging in to get access to, it's kind of the bare minimum that's going to be required. But this is your opportunity to get them kind of talking about how they really look at other deliverables or how they approach their services. What are your expectations like on a month-to-month basis? Mm -hmm. What can you be seeing from them? So the second question I like to ask is, are they employing any tax strategies with their business clients? This is a good opportunity to dive in. Now, not all bookkeepers are tax strategists, and that is okay. That is not not required. That's not to say that they're not a fit necessarily. 
But if they don't have some sort of reaction to this, I often see that they're not fully thinking through what opportunities are just in front of them because they're the ones who have access to the most information for their clients. And so they might say something along the lines of, oh, no, I don't do anything like that. And that would be kind of a red flag for me. Or they might say, well, I'm not a tax strategist. I definitely see opportunities and I'll point things out like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And that would be a good opportunity for you to contact your CPA. If they say something like that, I'm going to feel a lot more equipped that they're going to be looking out for my future and really paying attention to where I'm going. Yeah. Because they're like front line and center about the opportunities that you can use for bookkeeping and tax code. Like they're familiar enough with tax code, even if they're not an accountant and strategist in that sense or tax strategist. And so being mindful of the opportunities for your income, your expenses, your revenue, your hiring, all of that stuff is great to have another expert perspective on. Okay. So the third question we have listed here is what's your experience with online or virtual service-based businesses? Now, this is speaking to the majority of you who most likely do not have a brick and mortar. You're not having a place where clients are coming in to like in-person meet you. Some of you might have that, or even you deal with in-person clients, even if you don't have a physical location, but a lot of us are doing business online, even though it's a done for you one-on-one service that we're offering. It's virtual. It's with clients all over the world, all over the country, sometimes with different currencies. And so the mechanisms and the softwares and the tactics that we use, the percentage of like marketing budgets versus, you know, overhead expenses as in in in-person places, like it's just different. And so I would love for you to be able to have someone who has experience with the virtual space. Yeah. A lot of people tend to look for a bookkeeper locally and a bookkeeper locally is less vital. An accountant or a CPA that understands your local state tax code is more important than a bookkeeper being local to you. Your bookkeeper, it's more vital that they understand your industry than be located in the same city or state. I think you can hire anyone domestic, anyone in the United States if you're a currently in the United States yourself. If you're in another country, absolutely hire someone within your own country. Now, I like to know how someone views themselves. And so I asked them if they would describe themselves more as a generalist or a specialist and how so. And you're going to get a lot of varying answers here, but this should be an opportunity for you to see fit. Like some of you are going to really appreciate a generalist who likes to see the broad mix of how things work together. And as long as someone has experience in your industry, that can be really helpful. But maybe you have some like quirky thing about your business that you really want to be paying attention to. Well, do you know, does this bookkeeper have that kind of specialty that would really lend itself to. I see this coming up a lot for people who do e-commerce. Like I would absolutely look for a bookkeeper who specializes in e-commerce and, or the other one I'm thinking just off the top of my head is someone who has a big revenue stream of like income properties, rentals, flips, real estate, even commercial or private. Like that to me is a specific, I would want someone's expertise on that. Right. And rather than you just picking 
anyone, someone who has many other clients doing the same sort of thing. Cause opportunity to see trends is such a huge piece of this. Yes. Yes. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. This is one that I love that we included this because for me, and if you have a different perspective, I'd love to hear it. But this question is, would you be the one handling my books on a monthly basis or would there be someone else managing my account? And if so, who would be our point of contact? This would be important for me to ask because if you're like hitting it off with the person you're interviewing and it's like the main bookkeeper, but then ultimately someone else is doing your books 
can you reach out to them to ask a question? Have you met them? Do you guys drive well? Can do you feel comfortable asking them questions? How do they speak to you? Is it all jargon, industry jargon that you don't understand? Or do they understand how to like really communicate to you? so that you understand what they are explaining. I feel like that's really important. This has been, you know, I remember that I can't remember the exact instance. Oh, is when we were hiring, this is totally random, but when we were hiring a photographer for our wedding, what I knew this, but I didn't specify it. We were working with a photographer company that had like the main people that you talk to, but they had like associate photographers underneath who they would send out for your day. And luckily I caught it in time, but we were not getting the photographer who I I had been talking to this entire time, who I built this relationship with, who I had like talked to about my needs, my desires, whatever. And they were planning on sending me someone I had never met. And I was like, absolutely not. Like we had already built this rapport, this relationship with something so intimate as the needs of your wedding. Also so intimate as your books and the needs of your books and your business. I feel like you need to actually put a face to the name of this person. Yeah. And so there's not necessarily anything wrong with you being with a assigned a certain person within a company, but I do think it's vital that you meet them and you also jive with the person that'll be handling kind of the day to day. I've been absolutely in positions where I hired someone and was working directly with the person I went through the sales process with. And I've done the opposite where I went through the sales process and then was assigned someone else. And sometimes those things went smashingly because they have a very clear process and a clear company culture. And other times I felt very lost in the system. And so making sure you have a good understanding of how the business is also operating can give you a good idea if you're going to jive well with these people. And I think having a really quality point of contact is vital. And it doesn't always need to be the founder of the person you're working with, because that's not necessarily a good thing long term. Because if you're the point of contact, and they're also running the company, you can also get lost in the right things because you have so many other things happening. Right. So there's pros and cons of both. This isn't to say that you have to work with the founder of that company to have it work. I just want you to meet and feel comfortable with the person who is going to be doing your books. Now I do like to get into specific services. So anytime someone's doing their books, they're going to be touching on all your bank accounts, all your processors. So like a Stripe or PayPal. And then if you have any sort of like CRM or other service that handles the initial client communication, like for instance, you may have a CRM that connects to Stripe, but the CRM is telling Stripe what service you're charging and thus like what type of offer it is. And so I want to dive in with the bookkeeper and understand what's their experience or comfort level with the services you're using. Things like Dubsado, Stripe, PayPal, insert any sort of pay system you're using. If you, if it's square or, you know, please have it not be Venmo, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Cash app. <laughs> what are the services you're utilizing and what is their familiarity with it? And this is where having someone in your industry is really yeah. helpful because they're going to be way more likely to be familiar with the systems that you're utilizing within your business. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay, so this last one, you might not feel comfortable asking, but it's absolutely like okay for you to do your due diligence to really figure out what kind of bookkeeper they are. And remember, this is an interviewing process. You don't have to just go with the first bookkeeper who just does books. Like you can absolutely be overjoyed with the level of service that they're providing. So how you can kind of gauge that going back to our conversation at the very beginning, you can copy this question exactly. We've set expectations internally that we find a bookkeeper who's willing to not just balance our books with cash in the bank, but spend the time to properly allocate sales and expenses to individualized categories. Can you describe the level of detail you typically dive into on individual accounts? Are you familiar with using the systems I mentioned earlier to itemize items more automatically? Why is this important? Oh, because it's it's so huge to be able to really have specificity. The main concern I see is people end up lumping a lot of their income or expenses together. It definitely happens more on the income side than on the expenses side, in my opinion. But they're lumping so much of it together. They have really no idea what they sold previously. They just know how much income came in. And you need to know what you sold, not necessarily who you sold it to. Sometimes that makes sense if you have retainer clients, like being able to see if you've worked with them two or three years might make sense. But if you have more one-time projects as a service, you knowing how many people booked a website versus copywriting six months ago is going to be a really vital thing. And so knowing what level of detail they'll go into is great. And it's okay if they utilize tools to automatically categorize things. Them automating some of it means they actually understand these systems more in a lot of cases. Now, you don't want them to get lazy with that because sometimes that's inaccurate. Like you don't want someone taking Amazon purchase as an example and just automatically billing them to a certain account every single time because those purchases vary, but you kind of understanding how they work is going to be really critical to you judging if they're going to be a good fit. Okay. So I feel like those were a good list of questions that you can ask when you're interviewing a brand new bookkeeper. Well, what if you have an existing bookkeeper that you do like, but you want to really round out your experience and dial in a little bit more to get specific on your needs. So here's a handful that you can approach a conversation with them. How would you kind of recommend starting this conversation with someone? Yeah. So I would say setting up a meeting, probably a Zoom meeting, and letting them know that, you know, you've appreciated your time together and you want to better utilize your profit and loss statement moving forward as a tool that you're utilizing in your business. And part of that is making sure that it's going to be as effective as possible for you moving forward. And so you just want to dive in and ask a couple of questions about how we can refine. I've absolutely been like, in the past operated with, this is the normal level of detail we go into. And then I wanted to change the level of detail. And going back can end up being a project. So don't be totally offended if they come back and say, well, that would require that we do a cleanup project and that's an additional service. That's very typical and very normal because in a lot of cases, it could mean they're redoing the entire job to make some of these changes. So don't be offended if they say it's an additional service, but do try to understand 
if a they're open to making these changes are are they being cooperative with you an understanding of why this is helpful to you or are they being resistant and do you anticipate them keeping up with it once you make some of these changes or do you see that potentially being an ongoing issue and it's okay if you've worked with a bookkeeper for a couple of years and know you need to make a change. That's an okay result of this conversation. But sometimes you can make adjustments with someone you have an existing service with. So some questions you might dive into, say, as an example, your income has been coming in as one lump sum, and it isn't divided up by service or offer. So a question you could ask is, can you more specifically categorize my income by service offer rather than one lump sum and just gauge their reaction? If they seem really hesitant, that would be a red flag to me. If they're like, sure, I just need access to this or that, then you know what's needed to accommodate them. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, that is one of the best things that you can do within your bookkeeping so you can understand how your offers are performing against each other. Okay. So another question you can ask is based on my history, do you have suggestions for how to budget for, and then you would just insert a goal there. Maybe it's a new hire, maybe it's a large purchase so that you can get their educated feedback on how much you can appropriately spend on that based on your actual information. Yeah. They might have ideas on a percentage to save for or a percentage to have in your savings account before you make a purchase like that. Or they might say, oh, you could spend up to X percent of your upcoming income. They're going to give you, if they can't give you an educated guess based on your history, that would send red flags up for me. If they can talk to you about where your money currently is or where it needs to be to make that thing happen then that's a really positive experience. So I also like to just ask them about opportunities. Again, they may not be a tax strategist, totally fine, but I would ask something along the lines or what are my most obvious opportunities to save on taxes? If they're working with a handful of other business owners, they should be seeing how other people are also operating their business. They might be like, oh, five out of 10 of my clients also do this or 50% of them at least do this. And they might have some really easy things for you to implement that don't even necessarily require you adding on additional services to make that a thing. Another question you can ask is if my income goal is blank, insert your income goal there. How many clients do I need to work with in the next 12 months in order to reach that goal? Because oftentimes what happens is you know, our businesses balloon in a way where we're making income from various things. Like maybe you've like set up affiliates or maybe you also have a podcast or maybe there's like different type of consulting and client projects that you do. And you really like have it kind of scattered around. They're going to be able to look at everything that you're bringing in and give you an actual estimate of kind of working backwards towards that goal. So this last question, I want to put like asterisks around it and say, You can ask this, but don't necessarily always run with the information. The main thing here you have to remember is everybody's financial needs are different. And so you never really know or understand how other people are ultimately operating without a deeper look. However, if anyone's going to give you a good gauge, bookkeepers could look at trends in other businesses and 
only talk about the ones that are being successful versus a lot of other people are making judgments on who they think might be successful. Mm -hmm. A bookkeeper actually has a back end Uh information as to what is or isn't working. And this question comes in handy when you've already vetted that they actually have experience in your industry. Right. And so when that's the case, you can start to ask more about all sorts of industry trends. But one good question to ask is, are my prices on par with others you're seeing in the industry? They might be like, oh, I'm seeing people change their service in this way. Or I saw people change their prices from X to X in the last year due to inflation. Or you would be shocked the amount of additional details they have access to just because they're touching so much other information. They're not going to like, don't go asking, oh, I know you work with this client. What are they charging for this service? That's not what we're doing here. You're just looking for overall trends. And I honestly think if you could get any backup on, yeah, like almost all of our clients ended up raising their prices this January and you just haven't raised them yet. That could literally just be the confidence boost you need to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is just about how can you have more of a working relationship with them? Because in the, at the end of the day, I see a lot of people, either there's no relationship at all. Like they're literally just, it, they're handling it. And then they're sending that off to whoever's mm-hmm. their CPA at the end of the year. And like business owners are looking at it as something that their accountant needs or that their tax person needs, not them. And both of you need this information. Right. Like... <sighs> I'm the one who's like, oh, I want this done sooner because I want the most detailed done version sooner. And I'm still, I'm still doing my own budget and forecast in advance of, but it's still the guesstimate, right? Like I want the for real numbers as soon as possible. And so having this information can be vital in you making decisions moving forward. So I know this is a lot and whether you have a bookkeeper or not, it can feel a bit overwhelming for where to go from here, especially if it hasn't been a service that you've really paid attention to or saw the opportunity for how it could continue to help you grow. And so if any of this was overwhelming or you want to ask background questions or you want some resources on who you might reach out to, to get these sort of services set up, send us a DM over at Boss Project on Instagram. I'd love to talk to you about what your opportunities are and how we might be able to help. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? 
It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.